Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tuesday's episode of Locked on Seminoles. I'm your host, Max. You've also got Drake, and you've also got Dave. Are we wearing the same clothes as yesterday? You bet your bottom dollar we are, because we're recording a back-to-back tonight on Sunday. As we're recording, it's Sunday. As you're listening, it's Tuesday. We are going to talk about Florida State's spring practice being underway today. We're going to talk about what we want to see from that. And we're also going to delve a bit into like, what do these black jerseys mean? And what should we read from them? Then we're going to talk about what everyone around the country is talking about in the transfer portal. And that is Arizona State quarterback, Jaden Daniels, deciding to transfer to LSU. And that could potentially be the QB one that we face during our second game of the year. And finally, We're going to do a quick hypothetical because if you know us, you know we're two lawyers and a business consultant, and we love a good hypothetical about if the ACC decides to go to divisionless football, what is that going to look like? Drake, we got a great episode, so roll that video and let's get started. Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome to Locked On Seminoles, your favorite daily Florida State podcast and YouTube show. If you're on the podcast, five-star review. We will read those on five-star Fridays. If there's anything you want to know about and you're on YouTube, hit us with a comment down below and we will nail that on a mailbag Monday. If you haven't checked it out, we got a mailbag Monday playlist. I strongly suggest that you check out that playlist. So folks, let's just dive straight into it. Well, actually, before we do that, I do want to give a shout out if y'all don't mind. Uh, Men's basketball finished their season on a four game win streak. The best part about it is They may have knocked Notre Dame completely out of the tournament because I know that they were kind of last four in type stuff because they were, they they were what, 24 and five, I think. Um, So they may have hurt their chances and uh, that's good. And they definitely kept UVA out because they were a bit of a super bubble team. So we got to play spoiler. And again, ending on a four game win streak, it's good to see for basketball. I want to ask y'all real quick. Are y'all feeling better about the health of the program now headed into next year? It, it totally depends on, okay. I think, if Leonard Hamilton is coming back. I would like to hear definitively that he's coming back before I say anything on that. This is the kind of season where you see coaches leave. And remember, yeah. like last year, Roy Williams literally left without saying a word because UNC had one of the worst seasons on record. Yep. And UNC still made the tournament. So I'm kind of yep. with Dave on that. I'm fine with some of the players. I think Matthew Cleveland is going to be a very good player. Jalen War- Warley has shown signs of development. John Butler, a.k.a. KP Jr., is definitely out there stunned. So to me, like I like the players, but I just need to Love make Fletcher. sure. Fletch, Fletcher as well when he's fully healthy. So to me, just yep. if Coach Han comes back, I'm fine. I'm golden. This was a growing pains year. Have the kids learn on the job, some college basketball. So like we're good, but just this season wasn't it. Yeah, I guess my issue is this as a as a casual basketball fan is it's the one sport where one player can make such a massive difference. You know, you see these one and dones and you see these guys that take a team, 
you know, that has no business being in the tournament all the way to the sweet 16. So it's like, doesn't the contrapositive also have to be true where if you have a bunch, like what I'm saying is if one player can be that impactful, the fact that we've had three major injuries to three of our best players also should be accounted for. And it's like, you got Caleb Mills out there, went down again last night. You've got Raekwon Evans, um, or Anthony Polite, I'm sorry, in a cast, and you're missing your best big man. So it's like, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I just want to give a shout out to them for uh, finishing the season strong as they headed to ACC tournament play. And then I want to talk about what we were going to talk about. So what do we want to see from spring practice, guys? What is what is the most important thing that after day one, other than, well, let me just say this. I hope you all agree with this. On this show, we will spend very little time talking about the physiques of young men. Yes, we will. Very we will not time. be taking a lot of shirtless pictures of 18-year-old yep. kids. Yeah. Uh, and we will not be talking about their musculature. It is football, not a bodybuilding competition, and they are still children. So if that's how you like to generate content for your site, you're more than welcome to do that. But that's not what we're going to talk about. Drake, what do you want to see most from spring practice? I mean, what, what's kind of the storyline you're following? Uh, to me, I need to see someone basically emerge from the wideouts. I need to see a proof of concept when we brought in four kids, Deuce Span, Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman, and Winston Wright Jr. We know Winston Wright Jr. actually has the sort of resume to back up his skill set with, I think, over 60 receptions. Also was a dynamic returner in the Big 12. So I need to see one of the former three that I just said actually, you know, separates us a little from the pack because one of the biggest issues that we always said was that wide receivers last year lacked the capability to separate from the corners and also be open for Jordan Travis for the few times he actually did have time in the pocket to be able to throw him the ball. So to me, I want to see a clear cut number to emerge from spring practices when it comes to the wideouts. I want to see, I want to see some signs of life from some of these DBs that seemed like they were coming to Florida state and destined big futures and we're just it was almost a foregone conclusion that they were just going to pass through and go to the NFL like I expected Travis Jay and I've seen Ben and guys like that to have big careers here and we haven't seen it and I I like seeing Travis Jay uh first day wearing a black jersey uh wasn't he or no sorry I like seeing Travis Jay as a standout the first day of spring practice it it's still there and Max we talked about this the problem was not always really his performance on the field. The guy has shown so many signs of being an elite, having those elite DB skills. If, if he can add to the mix that otherwise I don't think he's a starter in, I think our DB room is going to be a lot better than you'd expect. To be fair, yeah, though, yeah, he's always a standout every spring. <laughs> well, and here's, and here's the thing. Like people may look at older videos and say, well, you said this, you said that folks, we gather information. It's part of our job. So our opinions change and you know, whatever. My hot take would be that Travis Jay is not going to finish his career at Florida State. Um, I think he's going to get passed over in the depth chart. I would imagine you see him take less than 100 snaps this year, and I think he transfers out. There's just the more I learn about Travis Jay from people within the program that know about him, he just doesn't have the motivation. I don't know if it's a motivation issue, if he doesn't like the team. I don't know what, but I just he's a freaky athlete that just does not seem to be able to show up and go to work 
24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'll put it that way. So um, I would use I him as Debo Samuel, honestly. This, That'd be great. What? I would use him as Debo Samuel. Put him on offense. He's really fast and good with the ball in his hands. I just don't know why they don't they. I don't know why they don't discuss with him making the permanent switch to offense and being that kind of wide receiver gadget running back. From what I've heard, that conversation has happened, and he's not interested in it. And part of that is having to learn a playbook. So uh, take with that what you will. But no, we all knew a kid like Travis J. Where I just I think mentally he's when he's there, he's there, and when he's checked out, he's checked out. And I think you get more checked out than you do there. And at this level, quite frankly. If you don't bring it every day, someone's going to pass you. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him maybe uh, maybe moving on. Uh, last question, because this, this came up in another show's mailbag, but I was interested to hear what y'all thought about it. What do you guys think about the format of the spring game, and how would you change it if you could? I want it to be a regular football game. I, I hate this shit we do. Just, I just want to see regular football. Best on best. That's yeah, all. I think, Max, you kind of converted me to let's move the FCS games from the fall, put it in spring. That way the schools the schools that you're inviting still get the payout, but also we kind of have a little more of an engaging football game because, I mean, we were all in the press box for that. I mean, we were there, you know, in a professional capacity, but, like, we still wanted like, to enjoy the football that we were watching. I could really care less if we, you know, throw a pick to a random walk-on and then me being the dumbass saying Joe Lang is going to lead the team and interception and takeaways for the following year because he had one pick in the spring game. So, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, y'all know that's, that's always been my format is bring the FCS team in the spring, make it a referees on the field, coaches on the field, kind of like a high school jamboree type thing. Um, That'd be fun. In fact, I would, I would go as far as to, uh, to do it and not keep score. That way you can like say, okay, we're going to put our threes out there right now. And no one could say like, Oh, you lost to an FCS team. It's like, no, we, we are third stringers out there, you know, type stuff. Um, I, I just think it'd be good for everyone. And that's going to segue into what we're going to talk about in a minute of if ACC goes to divisionless football, that would also free up a game for you in the spring that you could use for a better out of conference game. Um, you know, by moving your FCS game to the spring. Other than that, I don't, really understand the point of spring games to be honest i mean they're fine but my my other answer was that they should just go to seven on sevens in the spring like you don't need your d tackles and your d line and your offensive linemen getting hurt because like let's be honest those guys are always banged up so if it's more about just like showing the skills the players have developed during the spring um why not just make it a seven on but anyway as long as it's not jacksonville state because i don't know that we'll be that's bring why to, I said, bring to don't Kennedy. keep score. <laughs> um, anyway, another important event coming up this spring, folks, is March Madness. And Stat Hero is your number one stop for March Madness by giving you all the help that you could possibly need to win your bracket, win your pool, whatever it may be. All right. They can, they'll help you take control back from the handicappers that always seem to have an advantage and they will help you finally get that W over your boss that you've been chasing for year after year after year. So go to stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for 100, a 100% deposit match. That's right. Stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. 
Speaking of trying to figure out what's going on, I've got something Stat Hero can't tell us, and that is the transfer of Jaden Daniels, former four-star commit or four-star recruit, played quarterback at Arizona State for two years, has now decided to transfer – three years, I'm sorry – has transferred to the Louisiana Tigers to be part of the family down there and play for none other than – Brian Kelly, Chip Kelly, Charles Kelly. Oh, I thought you were going to call him Bayou Brian now or something. Bayou Brian. Going to play for Bayou Brian down there in Louisiana. It's going to tell you what, kid's got a great arm, throws it butter like a biscuit on a Louisiana Saturday night. Anyway, that's how I imagine Brian Kelly talks now. So, uh, guys, you know more about this than I do. I guess there was some heat in the Florida State circles that we should have pursued this kid a little harder. Um Tell me about him. Talk to me about him. What's going on, Dave? Max, Max, I'm irritated. Um, let me tell you why. I am somehow simultaneously super excited about the possibility of having to play against Jaden Daniels because I think he is going to be easy for us to beat if he's LSU's quarterback come game two. And at the very same time, really pissed off that we didn't pursue him harder. Here's why. If you look at his stats, it's not that he's some excellent passer. He's not. What he is, is to me, a poor man's version of Jordan Travis. In three years, he had 300 rushing attempts for almost 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns rushing. So he is a capable runner. Um, I just thought it made a lot of sense to bring him in and put him behind Jordan Travis, let him compete with him. Like he wouldn't have won the job, but God, if Jordan went down, I think it would have made a lot of sense to plug him right in. However, however, given that he's at LSU, if he's starting come our game against LSU, I think you should be really excited that we're going to have to play against a guy who didn't have a full spring. By some miracle, he gets to play spring ball there at LSU. Um, But having barely a full spring, um, and still new to a system with a new head coach, I think that is that makes our chances of beating LSU a lot greater if we have to play against them. Yeah, if he made this transfer a few years ago, I'd be terrified. I, remember, I think yeah. 20, 2019, I think he was 17 touchdowns to only two picks. But then you see last year, I think he suffered an injury the year before, and then he was yeah. 10 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. And then we all seen that infamous video where they're, they heard he transfers, they show up his locker room, they're, to- they're throwing his stuff out, tell him to get out of here. So I'm kind of with Dave here on this, where it's like, it seems to me that the only way we're going to actually go after a transfer quarterback is if you're basically Trevor Lawrence incarnate and the second coming of him, or maybe a Jameis Winston or something. And to me, Jane Daniels is someone that actually is a better, more capable passer than a lot of people, the options that were out there. He's, I think, capable enough as a runner to kind of compliment Jordan Travis. So to me, it's someone that's like, has a very similar skill set, except he's maybe a little more inaccurate. But to me, it's something that's more... It is kind of frustrating, but as Dave was saying, this is a kid that actually, when we had Sam Moore on a few weeks ago, that we actually said that that's one kid that we really didn't want to actually target because the, man, the kid can't throw a 15-yard out. He just simply can't. And this is someone that, if he starts against us, I mean, Johnny Wilson knows how to prey on him. Johnny Wilson was a teammate, his teammate for two years. So we already have a scouting report actually ahead of time. So to me, if he starts game one at, for Louisiana for Bayou Brian, I think it's open season for this kid. Yeah, and you wonder, too, like, did that play into it at all, right? Did, did they go to Johnny Wilson and say, hey, what did you think about him as a quarterback? And he was like, eh, have you seen the video? I have a six-foot-ten <laughs> wingspan. 
<laughs> I don't know. All right. um, no, but no, I think, I think though that that all makes a lot of sense. And speaking of making a lot of sense, folks, with March Madness coming up, you are going to want to run your pool in the best place possible to make it the easiest thing possible. And you can do that at runyourpool.com. Runyourpool.com takes out all the frill, all the fluff. They let you compete in your bracket without having to worry about all the auxiliary things. So go to runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize and to get to compete against the Locked On Network. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize and compete against the Locked On Network. And after you set up your pool, let's be honest, there's going to be a lot of games going on, and those games are only so interesting if they're just one piece on your bracket. So you're going to want to go to betonline.net and throw a little bit of action on each of these games. And, uh, you know, just make it more interesting for yourself. So for all your wagering needs, go to betonline.net and they will take care of you. Betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, guys. So the last topic is first to tell you to subscribe to our YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you hit that bell up top so you get notifications in case we decide to do a live show. We drop episodes every single weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern time podcast comes out at midnight though. So if you're a late night bird type person, eh, you can catch us there. Now guys, bird people, I want to talk about this new proposal that's been sweeping the nation. The pack or the big 10 has announced that they will be getting rid of divisions. Now it makes sense. They were the first conference to do it, right? Because they're tired of, um, you know, their, their fifth best team usually being in their conference championship game. Um, but I think it also shows another thing. It shows a commitment to this alliance that we've talked about, right? Because the ultimate goal of this is going to be able, is going to be to open up another game during the season and allow that to probably be a crossover with the PAC 10 or PAC 12 or the ACC. I think the ACC similarly has very lopsided divisions. I mean, what the coastal hasn't won it. Did they win it this year? I guess with Pitt. So other yeah. than Pitt winning it, the Coastal hasn't Ooh, won it go since back. Virginia Tech in like 2000, the year they beat us in like 2010. I mean, yeah. you really have to they they win it very few and far between. And, and to me, I think this is something the conference could benefit a lot from. But I'm I'm curious on on y'all's opinions of what would it look like if the ACC went to divisionless football. And what years do you think that we might not have won the rematch with Clemson or that maybe we would have been able to rematch with Clemson and we might've won it. Drake, I'm going to let you talk about this because I only have one thing to say. I'm always in favor of the two best teams playing. It's so stupid to me that you have to have this like sometimes eight and four team, but that just happens to be the best in some random division. Get the hell out of here. That's stupid. Get the two best teams in there and let's, that's the one thing, like with call, with a uh, professional basketball with the NBA, where they legitimately send out the eight best teams to the playoffs. Because in baseball, we suffer from it a lot. Where there's yep. one division of baseball that is absolutely trash, and then you have the Seattle Mariners win 90 games and they can't even sniff the playoffs. So yep. I'm in huge favor of divisionless football, primarily because it also allows us to play. We can play other teams a lot more often. We don't have to wait every six years to play Georgia Tech, right? And to me, that's something, especially with the close proximity of how many. 
FSU fans are actually in the state of Georgia. I mean, you live there now too as well, and you probably can attest to how many people are actually FSU fans in, oh, in yeah. Georgia near, near Atlanta. And to me, that's big for that. And with the Clemson thing, well, like, what was the question? Just are there, are there any years where you think we would have had to rematch them instead of getting to walk? Like in 2013, right? Like we wouldn't have just gotten to go beat up on Duke. We would have had to play Clemson again. Do you think we they – hit out of them that year, didn't we? Yeah, we dog-walked. Yeah, but if we, we played that yeah. game ten times, they would have beaten us five. You think they would have beaten us five times? No. Are you serious? No, that was, that, was, that was Dabo's quote in the press conference after. So okay. Oh, right. He said, if we play that game ten times, we'd probably beat them five. It's like, you lost 52 to 10. I tell you what, actually. The game that we probably beat them in the rematch in the championship game is the game with the the, the phantom clipping. Was it clipping call? The yeah, one that was on Bryce Stevenson? 16. Oh, that would have been a game that we definitely would have won the second time that, around. That, that was the, the one motivation. I was thinking about, too, because we were definitely – I mean, Davin Cook had, what, four touchdowns that game? One of them called back. Um, you know, we went on to beat – but yeah. No, I, th- I think that was the game, actually. You know, and, and you want and you want to go a step further, right? It's like – I'm let's see. I'm, I'm pulling up the schedule just to see where we're at. So we had three losses. I, well, I don't know that year. So no, we wouldn't have gotten a rematch him actually because we lost to Louisville that year. So it would have been, but you, but to the point like that year, that was the Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson year. That would have been a really good rematch in that championship. Right. Whereas like, instead you got Virginia tech and Clemson, it was still a 42 35 game, but like, I would have much rather seen a Lamar Jackson and uh, especially those high Lamar Watson. Jackson too. Like that's so yeah, much more right. fun to watch. And I think that's what you're going to get out of this is just much more fun football. And also you might have a better chance of, you know, sending more teams to the CFP eventually when it does go to the 14 team playoff that we'll probably see, I think four years from now is when it was when it delayed it to. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I think it's just going to be better for the sport because I think what's going to happen is you're going to have three freezes, right? So I think we'll always play. We'll always play Miami. We'll always play Clemson. And I don't. Who's our third team going to be? To me, it should be Georgia Wake. Tech, just because of proximity. I mean, we always play Wake somehow. Yeah, but I don't. But but if you're gonna if you're gonna say you get three teams, I really I think, to me it, it wouldn't make Georgia sense. Tech not to be Georgia Tech makes the most sense. Georgia Tech, I think, yeah. makes the most sense, and then maybe past that you bring in UNC potentially, and then maybe Virginia Tech. But other than that, I think no. But I think this format, you only have three freezes. Like you have three guaranteed games, and the rest just cycle. Well, Miami Georgia Tech, game, isn't it? That's what I said. So it's going to be Miami, Clemson, and um, it'll be Miami, Clemson, and uh, Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech. Tech would okay. be my guess. But I do think you'll get just a much more even game. Like I'm looking through just kind of the various years of like where it would have changed. I, I, that's the exercise of doing like what years would it have changed. And I, you know, I honestly don't know if it really would have changed much now that I'm looking at it, you know, and this is the fun part about locked on Seminoles. Sometimes we learn in real time, but like, um, cause in 2014, 2015, we still wouldn't have gone cause North Carolina was undefeated. Yeah. But then that's tough. Right. Because it's like, North Carolina was undefeated, but they were in the coastal. So if North Carolina had had to also play Clemson and also maybe play like Louisville that year with Lamar Jackson, they're not eight no in conference, right? They're they're sure as hell not eight no in conference. Um, twenty fourteen, it actually would have been a three way tie between or two way tie between Clemson and Georgia Tech. But again, there's no way Georgia Tech then was going to be able to stand up to the Atlantic schedule that year, right? Because you had like us, Clemson, Louisville, Boston College was better than anyone they had to play. So yeah, it's it's. It, I think it's going to add a new dynamic, and I think it's going to be really interesting. You know um, what won't be affected? The fact that Miami will never win it. That's a very true point. Death 
taxes, Miami never winning the ACC. Right. Yeah, no, Miami's not going to – not going to – no. God, come on. Guys, we elite lie on this show, but we don't just completely fabricate things. Like, let's be honest here. Miami's got no shot to it. I'm just saying if there's a year, it would have changed it. So, essentially, it never would have changed how it worked, except for that argument of, like, people would have had to play different – like, it just – you know what I mean? You'd be playing – you, you wouldn't have this, the coastal teams would not have the records they have. Um, and even this year too, right? Like you had NC state, Clemson, Wake Forest, all on, all in the Atlantic, right? They were seven and one, six and two, six and two. Pittsburgh gets into the game at seven and one, but like, I don't know if they have to play on the tougher side, do they get in? Yes. Maybe, yes. Maybe they, can can maybe they pick it this year? Yeah, they, they play NC State this year. I'm not sure. So if they lose know. NC State, you know, or if they in Wake Forest play, one of them has to beat the other one. So now you're going to have all things being equal. Now you have three teams at six and two, so you've got a tiebreaker. So maybe Wake's not in it, right? Maybe it's NC State versus Pittsburgh, or it's Clemson versus Pittsburgh. So anyway, it, it it'll be interesting to see how it works out. I think for the future of the conference, it's good. I think for future potential expansion, um, it's good. And you know, I think that. Uh, this episode is good because I love every time I get to hang out with you guys. So Dave Drake, thanks for joining me as my co-host and you can find us on Twitter at tally underscore underscore Drake at max Moody 17 at go Knowles with a zero and a five in there or something, or collectively at Knowles anonymous. Thanks for stopping by and we will see y'all tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Hello. Well, again, at coach K. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>